On this week's Nights podcast, we unpack learning as a dance between a teacher and a student, and the fruit of authentic goodness that results from this relational style of learning. So my expectation for Cary Christian School, for any school, is to be a partner and to give my kids bones. What I mean is there is knowledge and spiritual development that is deep within us as individuals. I want it to be unchanging. I want it to be the structure of their life and who they are. And for me, that came through largely my grandmother uh, and a a few key individuals throughout my life. But I didn't realize the structure that I had until I was in college. I didn't realize what my bones were uh, until somebody else started to build on them to give me muscle, to give me flesh uh, within the Christian life. And I want very intentionally for the school to work with us to help strengthen and, and solidify those bones of character for our children while they're young so that they know what this flesh and this meat, this muscle is that we're trying to grow around them. Thank you for joining us on the Cary Christian School podcast. My name is Robbie Hinton. I'm joined today by Zach Hanlon, who's a parent uh, in our school, and also by Kevin Seitz, who is our academic dean uh, here at Cary Christian School. Uh, again, the purpose of the podcast is to help you as parents to uh, partner with us as teachers. Our, our goal is to create a very strong and rational conversation about what's going on in the school and and maybe with the dream that if at the heart of what we're doing, we can build a conversation that's driven by reason and by love. Um, you know, maybe school can be something more than just a place we show up to. Maybe it becomes uh, and actually a means of grace where we all become better people just by being in community together. Well, now to begin this podcast today, what we're wanting to talk about is the idea of how we give kids, uh, how is a school, how can a school equip somebody with goodness, strength, and freedom? How, how can it help a child to become something better than who they are? And, and Zach, I really appreciate how you started off on that and the idea of that we're going to give them bones. And, and here's why, because sometimes, well, first from a school leader's perspective, it's daunting, you know, because we think when this child leaves, they've got to be perfect. They have to have goodness, they have to be strong, and they have to be capable of taking that strength into the world and, and not being taken back by the world. So they have to have freedom too. Um, but I almost hear you saying it's not the finished product. Mm-mm. No, no, it's not. <clears throat> this is life in general, education um, specifically, as that's what we're talking about here, is what's the role of the school. It's you know, very much uh, a dance. It's, it's a, an iterative process. It's, it's nonlinear. Um, and what we're trying to accomplish is to cultivate a person, not create a product. And that's complicated. And it doesn't happen sequentially, right? First graders don't become second graders. And you see clear and incremental maturity. Um, you know, they're going to forget things. They're going to have to hear the same lessons over and over and over again. And I think that as a school leader for you, but for us as parents, we've gotten what we wanted out of the school. 
when we see a trend of maturity developing in our children and that we see there's a foundation there there's there's bones that we can build on it's not your job to raise my kid um, but we certainly appreciate the partnership and uh, I think that what CCS has done well for us thus far has been uh, to do exactly what we said give us some additional help in in laying that foundation creating those bones of a person that we can then you know lay flesh and hopefully feed and mature and build muscle on top of um, you know that stuff being wisdom character grace you know compassion for other people um, you know fear of the Lord all of those sorts of things now before we get into what it is yeah I, I go back and unpack just a little bit of something you said that it's not linear what, what do you mean by that Kids are complicated. I remember being a kid, and just because I've heard something once doesn't mean that I will internalize it, doesn't mean that I will believe it, doesn't mean that I will live according to it, even if I believe that it's true. And so we have to go through and continue to do these, uh, you know, revisiting of topics. We have Mm -hmm. to deal with things that we thought we had squared away in the past. They, you know, sin, immaturity, uh, foolishness, they continue to rear their ugly heads throughout life. And so, you know, it's, I'm in business, right? Everybody wants a graph that goes up and to the right. It's just not how human development works. Well, wait a minute now, Kevin, academics, though, you teach a child something one time, they have it, right? You just, you just go from the known to the unknown and you never have to go backwards, right? I mean, that'd be an easy job. Absolutely correct. And so you do revisit. And so you have to connect to prior knowledge, connect to the past, something that they've known, something that they know that they can grab hold of. And then you expand it and you take them to the next future. But it, if you take in the sense, you know, what Zach is saying, that it's not linear. So it's not just it's so, yes, we go back. But what's it look like at times when a teacher may have to even go back further or go in a different direction? Um, how often does that occur in a classroom and maybe your lesson yeah. plan laid out? Yeah, sometimes it's not the lesson planned out. You are always digging into the past. And so if you can pursue the kids where they're at, it's a constant thing. So they're always pursuing our students. And so sometimes it, it, it does, you go backwards. And so you have to go find them where they're at and bring them up to where uh, the expectations are, the school is. Yeah, and, and I love that. I love the concept of pursuit and that we're what we're wanting is our kid to go after them. I think that is the first step in this nonlinear, uh, to use that word, nonlinear approach to education. Uh, and then, you know, so where do we go from there? We're going to go after them. We're going to pursue them. Yes, then we're going to bring them to where we are. Uh, and, and I guess when I look at that, it was this idea that we're going after a child, we're figuring out where they are. We're bringing them to where we want them to go. And then we look back and they've moved in another direction. Yeah. And we have to go find them again and we bring them to where we are. Yeah. I'm just going to tell you, this is how my wife feels when we're dancing together. <laughs> and we don't dance together very often, but it's also, it's just kind of this sporadic kind of, uh, it's not always smooth and it's not always flowing, it, but, but it is in a sense, that's how a, a, you know, a dance works is when your two people are dancing together. You're kind of finding one another, and you're uh, you're knowing where the person is, and you're bringing them along. Um, but of course, 
there's a beautiful moment when two people figure this out and they're dancing very well together. And, and so what I would say is this. So in this process, this nonlinear process that we're trying to create to put, go, to put bones in a child that God can, whenever he's ready, start putting meat upon the child. Mm-hmm. That what we want to think of this is this, as Kevin put it, a pursuit or we find the child, but really it is something of a dance. And, and so where a teacher is dancing with the child. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason I like to think of it as a dance is because the other idea that sometimes we get stuck with, um, which to go back to your word linear, uh, is we think of it as a ladder. That, okay, what we're doing here is trying to get a child to climb a ladder. And a lot of, in academics, obviously, we, we actually hear that a lot. We're mm-hmm. trying to get teachers to climb a ladder. You're trying to get students to climb a ladder. And so that you go from one thing to the next thing and you just get smarter and smarter and it's all about working. And so a teacher goes, climb the ladder and helps me climb rather than saying, hey, look, let's just dance together. Let's just figure out where we're going. Mm -hmm. All right, Kevin, as a teacher, what's that even mean in a classroom? It's kind of romantic, I suppose, or prosaic uh, or poetic, but what does it mean in the classroom, how is a teacher dancing with a student? Right, what you've described is basically a relationship. If two people don't know each other um, and they're trying to dance and they can't guide each other in the right, uh, my wife would know, guiding each other in the right <laughs> direction, uh, you're gonna get your toes stepped on. And sometimes that dance requires that. Um, but a relationship means that you guys are pursuing uh, each other. Uh, you have the academic goals in mind. Um, and sometimes you have to take a step back before you take a couple steps forward. And so when you're pursuing the students, it's more than just an achievement on a grade. Uh, it's more than just, uh, you know, that, that final check that you've passed a certain uh, test. But a relationship means that you've, you've entered into their soul, and that's our pursuit. When you think of education, Zach, with your child and their teachers, uh-huh. what's it felt like when you realized, okay, they have the proper relationship with my job. They're the teacher, this child's a student. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm using that language intentionally because it, it, I don't know how else to describe what Kevin's talking about, this idea of entering into someone's soul without using that sort of kind of aesthetic language, right? It's a beautiful thing to see a child develop trust, respect, um, honor towards that teacher Mm. in such a way that they can penetrate into the recesses of their mind, their heart, their soul to do things that we might be able to do at home it's going to come with a great cost. I mean, it's going to come with weeping and gnashing of teeth in my case, because I've got a unique set of children where they are um, strong-willed at times. They uh, want to push. They are, you know, they're like me. (laughs) And having someone else who can come beside you and reinforce what you've said at home and can take that a little bit further and pass yeah. the baton back to you at the end of each day yeah. in order to further that cause. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Now, 
to be fair, let's not make the expectations at school that it's, it is going to be beautiful, uh, but then it's going to be easy at school. And, and, hey, look, I'm a parent, too. I know what it means. When I tell my son to do something, it, it can be a war. Right. And then I look at a, one of his soccer coaches tells him to do something, and he's like, well, that makes perfect sense. And, but at the same time, we come to school, this dance, yeah. uh, it, it's disruptive in a way, you know, isn't it, Kevin? So in a sense, we're looking at a child, and sometimes a teacher is going to do hard things in the middle of this dance to the child. <laughs> Uh, asking them to do things they don't want to do or asking them to do things they don't know they're prepared to do. Uh, but how does, so first, how does the dance not become this idea, if we see school as a dance or as a relationship um, where there's give and take, how do we keep it a dance when we walk into these moments when it's going to be very challenging, it's going to be hard? It's a great question. So there definitely has to be a level of vulnerability um, if a student uh, doesn't know uh, an answer, uh, they have to be able to 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 kind of be vulnerable mm -hmm. with the class, um, and and that's part of the culture that you want to have in the classroom. Uh, when you're authentic with each other, uh, you can move forward, and you do move back. Uh, there's definitely those challenges. It, uh, no one kind of gets through school unscathed. You kind of have those experiences, um, but to work it through where uh, they know Ooh. they're loved. I want to get through unscathed. What do you mean? By that? <laughs> <laughs> What's going to happen? What are you going to do to my child? <laughs> um, you know, it's a it's a Christian school, which means it's a school full of sinners. Huh. Uh, we no longer have to ignore um, just uh, something that might be minor in some people's mind. Being the public school, there's a lot of things that we just look the other way on because you didn't have time to deal with um, moral character hmm. uh, decisions that are made. Um, and so, when I say no one goes through school unscathed. Uh, you're going to go through and, and learn and have those tough conversations to where y you learn how to say, I'm sorry, please forgive me. And then let's move yeah. forward rather than trying to cover it up with other lies or, <laughs> or not even addressing it at all. Yeah. No, I think that is a, uh, I love that idea that we're not unscathed in this. And, and yet I love, you know, we put that together. We're all in this, to, in, in this dance together with the child, the parent and mm -hmm. the teacher are in this dance. Um, our job is to kind of be this other voice mm -hmm. that at times mm -hmm. is going to be is going to seem more reasonable because we're not their parent. Mm -hmm. uh, and at times, of course, we're going to be leaning back on the parent mm -hmm. and saying, hey, we need your support. They think we're the unreasonable party here. I've gotten that phone call. <laughs> You've gotten that <laughs> phone call. And, um, and back us up here. Help us all of a sudden know that um, we're all trying to be reasonable together and we're in this together. And it's a but. Wouldn't that be beautiful? Think about it. Is this idea? If we yes, we're mixing metaphors, yeah. but um, let's let's do it anyway. Yeah. Uh, we're not gonna. We may get bad grades on our test here, but let's go with these two metaphors. Over the years, we're gonna enter into the metaphor of a dance. So the teaching becomes more of a relationship, rather than just this ladder we're climbing. Mm -hmm. we're, we're, it's not just merely a linear. We're not expecting kids to go from one point to the next and never retreat. It, we, it's going to feel like a relationship. It's going to feel like a beautiful dance. There's going to be painful moments. Mm -hmm. uh, there's going to be hard moments you have to rely upon the parent. Uh, there's going to be moments where the parent's going to rely back upon us. And wouldn't that be a beautiful way for school to go? Yeah. It's a less confusing world for a yeah. church, a school, and parents to all say the same thing. Mm. Now, 
we could spend a lot of time talking about how we get there. Uh, and I'd rather us not do that this morning. Um, I think that would be a great conversation to have, is how do we make sure school shifts um, from the ladder that we're all climbing up to a dance? But what I'd really want our community just to ponder is first to start asking ourselves a question. How are we gonna shift our mindsets right now and start looking at the idea that we're not going to think this is a ladder we're all climbing, but thinking that this is a dance we're having. Mm -hmm. and, and to do that maybe, let's start thinking about what it's a dance with. So the first component of this dance, I would say, is it, yes, it's with the characters of the teacher and the parent and the student, but it's also a dance with goodness. So I want my child to come to school, mm -hmm. to enter into this relationship with something that's good and to learn what's good, which is what you're, I think you're calling the bones. Mm -hmm. They're bouncing up against goodness till it becomes something that is theirs. Um, and I think what you're trying to say by bones is it's something authentic. Yeah, yeah. So I can't separate myself, right? The, the bones are part of me. They're integral. They are uh, what sustain me as I walk down the road. They're the foundation that, um, you know, my flesh and my, my muscles that I can work on and strengthen and develop, but not without good solid bones and we as christians we understand the metaphor of the heart right mm -hmm. what, what comes out uh of my mouth is what's in my heart um but you know that's not an encompassing metaphor right it's not it doesn't represent the entirety of what we are as human beings and so there's this other component um you know we're talking about goodness and in some ways, strength and freedom, you also mentioned. Yeah. The school, an academic institution, yeah. is here and, 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 and helping to cultivate our mind, but as part of that, we are an integrated person, and, and we're trying to cultivate these bones that aren't just smarter, they're really good in, yeah. the, in the ultimate sense of goodness, truth, and beauty, right? They are, they're yeah. that kind of good. Yeah. That's, it's truly who we are. Yeah. And so that we become something authentic that deep inside of me, and I love, again, the idea of the bones, that my bones actually become good. Yeah. And if my bones are good, mm -hmm. then it will be the strength that establishes who I am. Yeah. Now, all right, let's become really practical for a moment here, Kevin. How in the world does oh, teaching a literature class become a concept where I make or I drive goodness into a child's bone. How is that a dance? Well, if I'm teaching literature, we're reading a book, and you can pick any book you want. If you want, you know, how does that become a dance where a child uh, becomes, or goodness becomes the bones of their body? Right. There's there are definitely objectives and standards, and and we can get into the academic language to where they there's there's things they need to know. We know yeah. that. Um, underlying issues would be obviously talking about uh, moral conviction, yeah. uh, character development, uh, something that's going to hit home with them as they talk about or realize, uh, what does this mean to me? Um, we can have the flesh and the bones, but we got to get them to move in the right direction, right? We need them to be the hands and feet. Um, we need them to, uh, to pursue more mm -hmm. as, as they go through um, kind of understanding what it means to be 
uh, free and what it means to be good and, and authentic goodness. Um, a lot of times our kids are bombarded by rules and we rule them to death and then they walk out our doors and they go off to college where there aren't as many rules um, and, and we lose some of our kids that way because they never realized what it meant to be authentic, hmm. um, to have a, a moral development or having their own compass. Um, so if they don't get that here, um, they walk out our doors and sometimes we lose our kids. Yeah. And then, you know, we're having this dance that's going on and I would I'll push just a little bit to you know, the next level with this. So we're having this dance. It's a relationship that's going on between the teacher and the parent around the idea of becoming good, authentically good in your bones. Now, here's the beauty of this, and I want y'all to help me unpack it. The beauty of this is, is that when I'm dancing with a concept mm-hmm. called goodness in the room with other people, that's a relationship. Mm-hmm. So think about this. So it's Zach and I are dancing around the concept, the abstract concept of goodness. Kevin and I are dancing around the abstract concept of goodness. And Kevin's trying to get that goodness deep inside my bones so it becomes part of who I am. Um, what I would argue is something miraculous happens there at some point. And it miraculous, I think, is the right word. Where all of a sudden the idea of goodness, the concept of goodness, I can't separate from the relationship I have with you. Yeah, I think at some point you're going to, as you're dancing this dance in a room, you're going to bump into people. Yeah, You're going to see their goodness or yeah. lack of goodness in any given situation. Yeah, You're going to see that in, in the real world. You're going to see how you know, reading that bit of literature, <laughs> that didn't take with, 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 with my kid, right? Yeah. And, and they're going to show their true self and the other kids, other people, parents other teachers are going to look around and they're going to be able to you know kind of grab that and say look at this yeah this is not your truest self this is not the calling that you have let's do that dance again or let's keep dancing together and see if we can't um you know do this better if we can't make this a more beautiful dance huh and what I love about that is that when it's this more beautiful dance that's going back and forth as we're bumping into each other, y'all have actually seen me dance. But, uh, but you know, this dance is going on. Uh, eventually, there's going to be this moment. This is our prayer. So if I could just say this is where this is all leading. The real prayer of what we're trying to do in this school is that as they're dancing around with their teachers and their parents and this idea of becoming something good, mm-hmm. Is and good can't be separated from a relationship I have with someone else. Mm-hmm. Is really good no longer is about a concept; it's about a person. Mm-hmm. And here's my prayer: is that kids walk in here one day and they say, "I think of goodness and I think of Mr. Sites," but not completely. <laughs> there's something. He's almost good, but then there's moments he's not. And, and they go, "Hmm." He pointed me to someone who was good, but he wasn't quite it. Yeah. And when they think of their parents, I want them to go, they pointed me to something that was good and to someone who's good, but they weren't quite it. Yeah. And thus they walk out and they're looking for the real goodness. Yeah. And they find Christ. Mm -hmm. And wouldn't that be a beautiful moment if what we had done here in 13 years was by entering into this dance is that 
in refusing to make it a ladder that we're all climbing together. If we entered into this dance around goodness, is that they saw goodness. They saw goodness as a relational concept. They saw goodness as a person. And then they went, that's not Mr. Seitz. That's God himself. Yeah. And so in 13 years, we've pointed them to Christ. We've seen, they've seen the goodness of Christ. And that goodness is deep inside their bones. And if they found Christ and he's deep inside their bones, they will flourish through him for the rest of their lives. I can't think of a mission or a prayer or a goal for a parent that's more attractive than what you just said, that we're committed to cultivating a whole person that has goodness within them, that is strengthened to live with freedom, to live with confidence, um, that is prepared, equipped to go into an ambiguous world and to live with an unchanging set of bones, authentic convictions that guide them through that really complicated world. It's not easy. It takes more than just going to class and learning your ABCs. It takes more than just being told, don't do that. I think that it takes a relationship in order for both of those things to, to really land, to penetrate deeply in order to cultivate that person. Mm-hmm. It's not something that can happen in a sanitary, institutional-type environment. It's something that requires the relational component that you've hit at. It requires that dance. If I'm just shoving you up a ladder, keep learning, stop doing that, All you're going to get is someone at the end of the day who knows how to answer a question and knows how to behave in a certain context. Uh, That is a beautiful way. Let's end right there with that. Thank you, Zach. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks. Thank you.